Ready? How are y'all doing? How are you doing, Julia? Bad, but we already knew that. How are you doing, Ash? I'm doing pretty well. Good. <laughs> Having a good week. You are? Yeah. Any big life updates? Yeah, a couple. I got a promotion at my normal daytime job. <gasps> what? Oh yeah. God, corporate woman, you're leaning in. It all paid off. And oh I got a pay raise. Whoa. $2 pay raise. Oh my god. Two 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 dollars. Um, you taking us out? Where am I gonna take you out? We live far oh. apart. You wanna send me something in the mail? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna Venmo me mo Venmo me some money? You wanna money? Venmo me some money? I couldn't say Venmo. I was like, what? You wanna PayPal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. What about you? Do you have any life updates? Ashley, you are like a beautiful desert rose blossoming <laughs> in the summer heat. I My life updates are the same as it ever was. I started my new job recently, so that was kind of exciting. Um, you, thank you. I'm still on the low, actively trying to get a different job, but <laughs> I'm grateful for That's what fine. I have. It's fine. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that changes day to day is I feel like I'm just getting gayer every day in quarantine, which is beautiful yeah slow clap that's amazing that. things um, i've lost in 2020 my job a sense of self-respect and my traction to men <laughs> <laughs> also you recently got a tiktok oh i downloaded tiktok i'm like one of the teens i i downloaded a tiktok because i don't know i just i feel like giving up <laughs> okay I'm i was kidding. about to ask like what made you i was just like why all of a sudden made you decide to download it um i don't know i i think it's just I kind of, so I'll, I'll fill you all in. So for the people who don't know, I was for the longest time one of those people who just watched TikTok compilations on YouTube, or I would just like um, go through TikTok reels on Instagram. And people would send me links to TikTok and it would send me to those like Safari links or whatever, and I didn't care. But recently, um, yesterday, I downloaded TikTok just because... I, I just, I wonder what information they're getting that hasn't already been stolen from me. <laughs> like, I really wonder about that. Or maybe it's just not being kept as secure. I, not having TikTok was, just started to feel more and more like the illusion of control and not like I was actually protecting my information any more than I already was. I'm I, just happy I don't have to text you TikToks anymore. It's, it was really social pressure. I am a baby <laughs> and I can get bullied into doing anything. Except yeah. for this. I was just like, Julia, you should just... <laughs> for some reason, on both Instagram and on TikTok itself. I'm an indigenous TikTok. And I feel like that's an honor. I feel like I just like ascended into like... Yeah, they're um, very nice. I really yeah. like their TikToks. Their TikToks are amazing. It's inspired me to try to educate myself more like in my own time on my good friend Google and my other good friend media awareness and literacy about different indigenous groups that were whitewashed out of our U.S. history classes. So I've been trying to do yeah. that a lot more. Because it was like, just watching them, like the few that I did of people sharing like songs and dances and clothes that were like, you know, respective to their like different indigenous groups. I was like, wow, I have such a big blind spot for this and that's totally my fault and I need to fix it. So I have been doing a lot of Google and trying to get it from like primary indigenous sources. So I'm not getting awesome. like the whiteys at history.com. No offense, history.com. I'm... Actually, full offense, history doc. That <laughs> channel is not the history channel. Okay, yeah. I Swamp people? How is that? <laughs> it is history. I only go to them for my alien facts at this point. Um, but yeah, so that's the TikTok I'm on now. And I'm like super, yeah, it's like, I think it's super woke and it's up in my eyes. And then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm basically in woke TikTok. So that's right. That's a good, you're like, an alt TikTok. I'm an alt talk. Which, which is pretty much I am, just probably a little more. I'm a cosplayer. I haven't said that before. So I get a lot of cosplay TikTok. I also myself do cosplay TikToks. So I also follow a lot of creators such as Brittany Broski. I also suggest Joe Robe. He calls out a lot of problematic TikToks and, and like kind of explains why they're problematic. He doesn't mansplain it. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like him. Iron Sanctuary, he's pretty cool. He's one of the, he's a bearded man who just had a baby. Aww. I really like him and his alternative wife. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
another channel I like, um, Mike Bennett Art. He does art from pieces of wood that people leave behind, and he's doing a cryptid like zoo thing. So each day, he's going through a cryptid thing. zoo. Yeah, with like, like Mothman. Yeah, he just did Mothman. <laughs> Somebody, um, I'll send you a video. What? Okay, this is a call to all beautiful alt ladies out there. Whoever wants to be my goth girlfriend and go to hold hands at the Mothman Festival when it opens back up post-COVID with me, slide into my DMs, which I'm never giving you. So why does um, that? Sta- why does Mothman have so much cake back there? <laughs> oh, because Mothman. Oh, we'll have to do a Mothman telling. We'll do. We'll do. Spooky yeah, stories I would love time. that. Okay. It's like I know about Mothman, but yeah. Okay, I'm getting off track now. Actually, That's. Mothman's yeah. a hometown hero. He's from Ohio. That was more like more West Virginia. West Virginia. He's been, he goes to Ohio. He, he visits Ohio. <laughs> okay, continue. My favorite TikTokers are Umi Boy. I think that's how you say his name. But he makes these really cool art history TikToks. They're amazing. He also does really amazing art himself. You should definitely check him out. He's so funny too. It's like, I feel like I'm getting educated, but I'm also laughing. I love it. And if I have a very short attention span, so if I think it's entertaining and informational, then it has to be a really good communication strategy. So he, he's a really great TikToker. I also really <laughs> love Recovering Hetero. I think she's so fucking funny. She's hilarious. I like pee your pants funny, um, but like in a very dry, sarcastic way. Who else do I love? I'll give out one more. I'm like scrolling back in my likes. Really I know, that's why I'll give one more. Uh, Selena Spooky Boo. She's amazing. She just made a whole spooky like makeup bag thing, like a highlighter, makeup palette. And she, she's also just really funny. And she, I love her so much. This one I can't pronounce. Where did she go? Julia, if you can't pronounce okay, it. <laughs> it's Amy Vagabond. I like her okay. TikToks. Um, she has this one about conscious, conscientious sisterhood and I love it. And I think it's so funny. I just love her energy. She's got great energy and she's got cool hair. I'm a fan. That's all awesome. it takes. also podcast update we have a new editor she asked to go by e from mask off videography if you're on facebook look up mask off videography she's a very good videographer and editor and she's is going to help us edit so as we ever mention e we're mentioning her to cut off our stupid bullshit (laughs) and to get on with the show so thank you e i love you Uh, i've known her for a very long time she's one of my very good friends and yeah awesome Yes, thank you, E, for all of your free labor and more. Again, <laughs> you better be so grateful for this opportunity to learn. You should probably be paying us. She also um, said she is not an intern. She is prof- She is a professional. <laughs> either way, she should be grateful for the professional experience and networking opportunities we're providing her. Oh, and also I saw on our Facebook page when I shared our first episode, our old RA commented saying how much she thought we did a good job. <laughs> OMG, really? Yeah, it was actually very sweet. <laughs> okay, Julia, do you want to, like, describe what our first really big segment is going to be? Everybody, today on our podcast episode, we are going to be doing the It Girls of the 2000s. The 2000s, like today, well, okay, actually, for all of our baby Gen Z people out there, um, kind of including ourselves, elder millennials, you'll all remember this, but, like, the media landscape has changed so much since social media controlling your image was really hard to do. You had to get a manager to kind of work with um, larger media companies that could like elevate your profile and who you are and your brand. Um, And then you had to hope that those media platforms and the people in charge of that, the photographers, writers, and editors would do a good job for you. Then came along Paris Hilton. Um, Paris Hilton basically was one of the people who totally changed our media landscape and kind of set up everything that we have today including you know people who we think are really like owning the game like kim kardashian west and all the kardashians by extension so yeah without further ado paris whitney hilton born february 17th 1981 is basically the american media personality businesswoman socialite dj model singer actress they kind of was the initial domino that set off the early 2000s and kind of what we have going on today um, with reality stars and social media. So it kind of all started with her. So she is like most blonde white people, um, an heiress. Um, She is the great granddaughter of Conrad Hilton, the founder of the Hilton Hotels. And yeah, she was based in New York City and she was raised 
between New York and then, you know, Beverly Hills in California. Um, Beverly Hills, that's, that's where, where I want them to be. She was kind of between, she, she was a bi-coastal hotel heiress. Um, though, fun fact, there were, of her, like, parents' generation of Hiltons, there were eight Hilton children. And the first five got, like, a lot of the money in the inheritance. And the last three, which one of which was Paris Hilton's father, allegedly got less money than the rest. And how fucked up is that? That you, like, you kind of, like, play favorites in that way. Grandpa Hilton were confused. So, yeah, when Paris was growing up, she was totally a tomboy. She would play around with animals. And she was a huge daddy's girl. She wore, like you know, kind of masculine clothes. She wanted to, well, her mom thought she wanted to be a vet. She didn't even think that Paris wanted to be an actress or anything. But Paris's grandmother, um, who kind of forced Paris Hilton's mom to be a model and a child actress, really put a lot of emphasis on Paris Hilton's beauty. And she would call her Grace Kelly. And she would, you know, hype Paris up and say that she's going to be this big actress one day. And I think Paris really internalized a lot of that. And she kind of touches on it in her most recent documentary, saying that, like, that was kind of what she wanted for herself. She wanted to live up to those expectations for, like, her older family, which is a crazy amount of pressure to put on a young kid. You know what I mean? hmm I guess, like, every girl can kind of relate that to that in a way, like, having your looks dissected all the time and having it be something that, like, adults put importance on for you. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was really prevalent this time. The fact of, like, I don't know, I feel like this is when, like, more eating disorders came in. Not to say that she had it, or maybe she did, I don't know. But it's just, like, that always just being looked at for your weight. You're either way too fat or way too skinny. Oh, yeah, with Photoshop and everything. Mm, But, like, I feel like there was something really specific to, like, early 2000s and 90s parents about just kind of being like, you're such a pretty girl. Like, you should dress more like this. You should do more like that. Mm-hmm. Like, your you parents, have such a pretty face. Like, you have such a pretty face. And, like, parents, I don't think, do that as much these days. Like, parents have gotten really woke in, like, the past 10 years. They don't, like, comment as much on their kids' bodies. We millennial parents. Millennial parents are more cool. I feel like the days are gone of being like, you're so beautiful. But, yeah, so Paris Hilton was – her mother was an actress, a child actress and a model, um, kind of like I said before, and she never wanted that lifestyle for Paris or any of her kids. Paris's mom basically tried to shield them, and her dad, too, tried to, like, shield them from the spotlight, shield them from the money, the fame, you know, the modeling agencies, the actress agencies, and just wanted them to grow up, like, really prim and proper and, like, good little wasps. They just wanted them to be, like, emotionless heiresses, and, well, I guess not emotionless heiresses, but you know what I mean, like, really st- Duffy, silver spoon people. So, Paris Hilton was not about that. And like any kid who's raised that way, she fucking snapped the other way. Like totally did a 180. Paris at like 15 and 16 basically started like going out in New York when they moved there. Um, She was getting kind of bullied by like the other girls, ironically, for her looks. So she kind of like took all that like emotional ting angst and like feelings of restriction from her parents out and started becoming like kind of like the party girl you know today that kind of like flunk her into the scene and this is the years like 2000 2001 basically or maybe it's the 90s somewhere around then real prime y2k um she got a really good fake and she just let loose she was a total little party monster she was amazing and she loved the paparazzi paris in her documentary talks about she's like i loved being chased by the paparazzi it was just my favorite thing to do like she really enjoyed it at the time that's kind of interesting coming right from diana yeah who was basically killed where were you but now we know Well, if you want to listen to that Princess Diana thing, you should just go listen to the Oh Hello podcast. They totally got to the bottom of it. But yeah, so anyways, she totally had fun with it. She was just, she was, imagine, imagine being Paris Hilton for a second. You're young, you're hot, you're size double zero, you're in New York City, and you're rich as hell with the fake ID. I I would go crazy too. I would be like, yes, I want to drink and make out with strangers in a club. Like I, would I wonder insane. like how many times she actually had to pull out her ID even. Ooh, I don't know. Because she's only... a hot, huh? hot little thing, so it's hot just like... thing? What year is it? 1940? <laughs> Are you like, my mom right you... now? <laughs> yeah, because you see it, like, in all those TV shows, like, the comment, like, oh, if you're 
if you're a hot girl, you're going to get into the clubs. But if you're like a, it's usually like a nerdy dude. They have to be like, whoa, 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 buddy. You have to wait your turn. Oh, is that why I don't get into the clubs? No. (laughs) What? This is so funny. I took, um, I, so for like my friend's 21st birthday, I took her out to this club. Um, and they looked at my ID for hours. Not for hours. It felt like hours. It was hours and club minutes. It was probably like, you know, 20 minutes maybe. Because the bouncer looked at it, which is a long time. The bouncer looked at it, and then he, like, brought out his little flashlight, then he put it, and then he bit it, and then he, and I was like, ew, that's disgusting. Ew. And yeah, that was before COVID, back but that's still gross. It was before COVID, but not by much. Um, and then he gave it to, like, two other bouncers, and people behind me were starting to complain. They're like, just get the 12-year-old out of line. And I was like, it's real. It's a real ID. I was so mad. Um, so, yeah, I know Paris Hilton never had those issues because she was – blonde skinny and beautiful in new york with um a lot of money so paris hilton started building up a very rebellious um kind of thing that really pissed off her very prim and proper parents who wanted to protect her and they would try you know grounding paris and keeping her in but she didn't say it basically paris hilton was living her best gossip girl meets skins lifestyle like you know what i mean that's a very good analogy Oh, yeah, she was living it up. Then her parents were like, yeah, cut it out, girl. So they decided to send her away to, like, an emotional school or whatever. Like, basically a boarding school that focused on people who had, quote-unquote, like, emotional issues or whatever. And Paris Hilton did not take it. She was like, I'm not having this. And she ran away from, like, three of them or two of them. And then finally, um, she gets slammed into this um, boarding school out in Utah called Provo Canyon School. While Paris was there, she said it was the worst one she was in. And of course, this is all by Paris's, um, you know, record. It was the hardest for one for her to be in. She was there for 11 months. And Paris, during her time there, um, saw kids that she felt like the lights were on, but nobody was home. Like people were just totally like out of it. Like they were all kind of like on their medication um, the staff was really brutal. They would, you know, basically she said that it felt like, and can you imagine this? Um, the guards like got off on like torturing kids and like seeing them naked. And I just can't imagine how hostile that kind of environment is. And then you mix that with trying to balance somebody's like medications. That is, that's mm-hmm. so toxic. Unbelievably how, toxic. Do you know how old she was when she had to go to those schools? She was, like, 17, because if she was there for 11 months, she left when she turned 18. Then I think she was okay. 17 when she was in there. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that, that math would check out 12 months or in a year, and she was there for basically a year. <laughs> so I think maybe she was 17. Yeah. And, you know, Paris was assaulted by some of the guards, and she was eventually thrown into the peak, one of the more traumatic experiences she talks about. She was thrown into solitary confinement for refusing to take her medication. She would basically, because she obviously felt unsafe, didn't want to take her meds. So she would spit them out in a tissue and then just throw them in the garbage. And they threw her in solitary confinement. And she said, with like no clothes, no food for like a whole day she was in there. And she, it was awful. Like she said, she felt like she could hear someone in a straight jacket next door, like screaming the whole night. And I just, I know that's, it's so traumatic. I also can't imagine what that must be like to, Mm -hmm. Because when you take, when you're, like, adjusting to a medication that's, like, psych-based, it's not, like, I mean, some of them are, like, like, the ones you would take for, like, ADHD. They're, they go through your system in a day. Um, but if you're trying to take, like, a, something that, like, I feel like some of these kids might be taking, like, a mood leavener or, like, um, something that's maybe prone towards something more serious, like a psychotropic medication, that stays in your system for longer than 24 hours. Like, you can't just steadily take an antidepressant then just skip a day, right? I feel like that would throw you off. It's kind of like birth control in the sense. Paris Hilton, I'm obviously not a psychiatrist. Don't take any of my word for this. Armchair psychologist to the most, the nth degree. <laughs> um, I My psychopharm class was rough. But from my minuscule understanding, um, I think that it is. And do, as Dr. Julia, I would say, it's fucking <laughs> rough to be taking some intense mood loving medications and then just all of a sudden be off of them and locked in solitary that's i can't imagine what that did to her noggin um totally screwed up so when she turned 18 she got to leave and she at that point was like toodles toodles to my family and toodles to their expectations for me i'm a free girl she said what got her through that whole experience 
was dreaming about how successful she was going to be when she got out. So once she got out, she was like, I'm going to start doing exactly what the fuck I want to do, which was partying, drugs, and modeling. So she worked with photographer, most notably, uh, David LaChapelle. He photographed her for the September 2000 issue of Vanity Fair. And oh my God, you have to see it. She looks like what I dreamed of, like my Avril Lavigne dream, daydream, uh, like look it up. what we all wanted to be in 2000. <laughs> There's this amazing picture of her in like the Hilton estate in this fancy room. It's, it's beautiful. And she's in like a sheer mesh top and a hot pink mini skirt with her hair all teased up. And she's like flipping the bird with like her boobs out. And it's amazing. It's so punk. And she basically, look it up. It's so cool. But she basically was like, yeah, I, I wanted to just be free. Oh, oh, shit. Okay, I see the picture where she's flipping off, where she's like, damn, I can't believe they allowed that in 2000. And, well, 2000. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fucking Like, cool. you can see her nipples. <laughs> nipples? I know. Damn. It, it was intense. Her parents were so pissed off. Oh, yeah, I can, Jesus. Well, good for her, but also, like, her. damn. She was, like, she just broke out, and she said, like, a large part of how rebellious she was then was because of um, her trauma that she went through at that boarding school. Yeah. So, at 18, against her mother's wishes, as a former child model and kind of as an adult, Paris Hilton started her modeling career, and she signed with, hear this, New York-based modeling development agency. Guess who it's owned by? Well, I can see who it's owned by, but who is it owned by? Oh, whatever, Ashley. Close your eyes. Okay. Erase your memory. I just sketch it out. I want to hear. It was owned by Donald Trump. She modeled for Trump Model Management. I didn't even know he had a modeling agency. Oh yeah, he loves so gross. Managing the careers of young women's bodies. Anyways, um, oh, not to. To clear the air, um, there was a fake story that we wanted to debunk for one second. There, there's a fake story going around that um, allegedly, and this is not true, there was like this whole thing with this fake rumor that Donald Trump sexualized Paris as a kid. That's not true. That is not true. Let me repeat for the nth degree. Completely untrue. I don't want to get sued for defamation. Um, but there are, as we all know, a lot of people who came forward and accused Donald Trump of bad things. I don't think I can legally speak on, you know, the the legitimacy of it, but I just... How do you know it's not true, I guess? Yeah, I, I also want to say we should believe survivors when they come forward. I don't know if we could get sued for mentioning that. Someone reported that it was fake. Oh, here it is. Yeah, Reuters. Yeah, Reuters um, confirmed that this did not happen. So I, I believe Reuters with the sense that... um. Trump did not say Paris Hilton was um, sexually attractive when she was 12. The other stuff I do not know, and I'm not going to comment on, but I do think we should believe survivors. So yeah, her late night persona and reputation as a socialite made her a fixture of tabloid journalism, according to wikipedia.com. And uh, Hilton was called New York's leading it girl in 2001 for how outrageous her style was and all the... um, you know, kind of excitement she was drumming up in, like, the club scene. Moving on, just a year later, to Paris and her parasites. Isn't that sad but accurate? Are you a parasite, Ashley? No. Did you become a parasite after your research? Fuck no. Um, (laughs) No hate towards Paris Hilton. So anyways, they wanted they, the New York Post, everyone's gold star journalism resource, uh, went from writing about her nine times between 1990 and 2000 to publishing 17 stories about her in 2001. According to Wikipedia.com, again, my favorite journalism source, according to Wikipedia.com, keeper of all knowledge, the New York Post once wrote, the most outrageous New York City-based heiress is a hotel darling Paris Hilton, 19, a part-time model with a tendency to flash her thong. Ooh. That thong, the thong, thong, thong. That's when the thong song came out. It was a one-hit wonder. It was. So she was in numerous international fashion magazines, including U.S. Oceans Drive, FHM, Maxim, L, Nylon, Variety, Paper, UK's L, S Magazine, 
The Gay Times, France and Turkey's Vogue, Spain's Vanity Fair, and New Zealand's Remix. Ooh. Oh, now we're getting into something that happened for the first time. So long ago, my Gen Z friends and baby Gen Z people and potential Gen Alpha cyborgs listening, um, (laughs) in the year 2003, if you can think back that far, or if they weren't even born yet. If you weren't even born yet, let me paint a picture for you. Let's close your eyes with me. Take a deep little breath. And picture. The year is 2003. George W. Bush's president. Dick Cheney is his vice president. He's actually the president. He's, but he's actually the president. Um, but George W. is in the office with mostly Cheney. And, um, you know, picture. It was... It was I want to, it wasn't an innocent time because Paris Hilton, basically at this point, um, in 2003, a sex tape with her boyfriend, her then boyfriend, Rick Solomon, was released by him as like revenge porn. Um, and it catapulted her like into the limelight, into digital fame. And that was the first person that that ever happened to. Like that just, in 2003, it was an era of innocence, you know? Uh, we didn't have Instagram yet. It, it, it was a simpler time. We didn't have our iPhones. We, we had, you know, never-ending wars just starting and the simple life. So the sex tape was really awful and traumatic for Paris. And her documentary, This is Paris, Paris says that um, she did not intentionally re- release that sex tape. It was posted as revenge porn. And when people would see it, she felt like it was like getting raped digitally, her words. And yes, that happened before Kim K's sex tape happened. So who did it first? Or I guess, who did it happen to first? So she had The Simple Life. And The Simple Life was a f***ing fantastic show. It was on Fox and was with her um, best friend at the time, Nicole Ricci. It had 13 million viewers on Fox, which is unheard of at the time. And basically, Paris took on the Paris Hilton persona you see today of, like, a dumb blonde. She was real stupid, and her and her friend Nicole would go and work, like, simple jobs and live with normal families in, like, Brooklyn and stuff. And there's this amazing scene where Paris and Nicole go and work in a um, morgue, and they have to pour somebody's ashes into an urn. And it is crazy. We should post some clips up. And and there's another one of them um, trying to, like, load luggage into, like, a plane and then just totally fucking around the whole time. And it is, I mean, it's exactly what you would do. You're, like, a punk. You're, like, you know, 22 years old. You've gone through a ton of trauma and none of it's processed. Like, of course. Of course that's what you're doing. And it's just kind of, like, the shield through that show, she kind of developed the shield that she has today that she kind of puts up. Like, she has, like, that voice up here saying, like, that's hot and all that different kind of stuff. But it wasn't really, like, who she was. It was kind of part of her brand. There was a brief but alleged fight with Nicole in 2005. Um, They went from being best friends to enemies. Basically, it was, you know, reported in a bunch of different gossip magazines and reported that Nicole was hanging out only with Paris's sister. But then, and it got to the point where even Nicole left the show, The Simple Life, and was replaced by somebody else. But then Nicole eventually came back the next season, and they kind of became friends again. But it was never really cleared up by the end of that show if they were, like, really close friends. It was just all part of the pressure of it. Paris went to jail, of course. Um, She was drunk driving, and she... um, was sent to 45 days in jail after she violated her probation um, for a previous traffic offense that cost her her license and then she drove without a license and yeah it was kind of a nightmare after that she kind of faded back from the limelight a little bit in the mid 2000s and kind of took time for herself However, in 2010 and 11, she kind of came back and really focused on more of her business career and less as, like, a person who did reality TV stuff. She was named the billion-dollar entrepreneur by Variety, and in 2014, she was the highest-paid female DJ um, in the world, which is super cool. One of the things, if we could put this in to her simple life thing, and if we want to put this earlier, if we can keep this here, but one of the things that I forgot to mention is Paris Hilton was the first person to ever do a selfie. She invented selfies prominently when you know, the paparazzi were like following her around and taking pictures. And she's like, no, 
I want to control my own image. So she took the camera into her hand and it wasn't like, you know, we have like the selfie viewfinder or whatever or filters. Like she literally, this was, this was the olden days. This was the dark ages. We didn't have the technology we had today. You had to do the ultimate act of trust in geometry, which is, you know, <laughs> trying to turn around your flip phone and take a picture from like that keen upwards angle. I had to be at an obtuse angle from your neck to try to get that perfect down chin where it like made you look super skinny. You could get like your whole body in there. It was crazy. And that's something Paris Hilton invented. She wanted to take control of her own image. So she invented the selfie. And we all know how that turned out for her. Okay. So Paris, today, I know you're wondering what's going on. Let's start off with Donald Trump. Paris voted and supported President Trump's 2016 bid for office, citing that she had known the man her whole life and he was one of her biggest supporters ever since she was a girl. The Hilton family is extremely conservative. They were, you know, big Reagan supporters and um, also uh, rich. She's super rich. And so, yeah, she supported Donald Trump. And she even jokingly posts about, like, her running for office one day, saying that she would turn the White House pink. And I think that's actually kind of funny. Some people can't let go of the fact that she supported Donald Trump. Um, And I'm not advocating either way. Um, I hear people saying, like, you guys are forgetting, like, you're all trying to view her as more human now that her documentary came out, which she's had a few documentaries before this, but her most recent documentary talking about her trauma came out but like you guys are kind of forgetting that she still like voted for trump and supported the trump family pretty actively she also denounced the women who came forward alleging donald trump of sexual assault and she said that they were basically lying however in 2018 according to the ap's or the associated presses leanne itali i think is how you say her name paris hilton literally regrets saying before the 2016 election that women who accused the then-candidate Donald Trump of sexual misconduct were merely after fame and attention. To quote, I applaud every woman for coming out because of the things that are happening right now. She said, you know, in a, basically at a separate event on stage. It is so important with this Me Too movement and all the women coming forward are in coming together and ending this. It's just been happening for so long. So yeah, she walked back those claims. Um, She hasn't been as vocal about supporting Trump in the 2020 election, to my knowledge, um, but she was pretty sad fast for him in 2016, so we shall see. Update on Nicole Richie, or Richie, I don't know how to say her name, but they're friends again. Paris posted on Instagram a year or so ago about how much she hearted her and with the event basically with them both at like a Beverly Hills Hilton. Um, Kim Kardashian West, the girl that she brought onto the stage, was in her most recent documentary, This is Paris, and she called her her literal bestie and thanked Paris for introducing her to the scene and starting her career, basically, in social media. And she is in love now with a man named Carter Reed. They have a beautiful story, whatever. Who cares? Gag. Moving on to the juicy stuff. Um, Paris is kind of known as like the first influencer and kind of like starting the media career for people who are famous, quote unquote, for like doing nothing or just being famous, which is kind of like what I think now neckbeards and fedora wearers kind of wear, um, say to just on people who have like online personality careers. And on that parents said about kind of being like the original influencer, she said, everyone calls me or everyone says I'm the original influencer. But sometimes I feel like I help create a monster, which is so true. I think we could all analyze for hours for how far that goes. She also says that she has spent an average of 16 hours a day on social media. And she said in her movie, it's literally like years of your life just spent looking at a phone. And on her invention of the selfie, which she perfected the art of the self-portrait, apparently, she said kind of like in a regretful way in her twilight years with her clarity. She basically said, um, now I see the little girls. They're putting filters on and they can't even look at themselves in the phone without putting on a filter. I can't imagine being a 13-year-old girl today, which, wow. I wouldn't. I, if I was growing up today, I would, she's like, I don't know. It would just be really crazy. I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine, like, just thinking of, like, how much I kind of had a lot of self-hatred in middle school just with the little amount of social media I had at, at that time. It would just be doubled, I think. Oh my god, exactly. And I mean, if my Seventeen magazine subscription was enough to get me to like go into unhealthy eating habits and like exercise mm-hmm. patterns, because they would post like 
the early 2000s was a crazy time. Seventeen Magazine would be like, you're fat and here's why. Try eating one banana a day and exercising all day and even in class. It, it was insane. I can't imagine what it's like for kids today. And kids today are so different than they were before. Like, I would roll up in my Walmart outfit and a middle part with hair to, like, my butt. And I had no sense of self-awareness. I wasn't taking selfies. I thought I was just hip in my magenta sweatpants and a glittery t-shirt. I was like, this is everything. But, like, 13-year-olds today have, like, these perfectly, like, crafted smoky eyes and, like, a sense yeah. of style. And I don't know. I think that's just so interesting how, like... Mm-hmm. And I'm not shaming anybody, like, express yourself how you want, but I think it's just... Also with YouTube, like, we really didn't have people, like, I couldn't look up, like, how to do a smoky eye, or people, like, influence, like, Nikki Tutorials, James Charles, people like that to teach me how to do that. Like, I remember just throwing on some, like, blue eyeshadow, or (laughs) my look back in the day was I would not do my eyebrows, I would just have some eyeliner on and kind of just go. Like, I still have, like, I kind of cringe in my senior pictures and, like, girl, you could have at least done your eyebrows. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And I was, like, 18. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, looking at these kids today, I'm just like, it's not fair. It's truly, like, the cave allegory, I think. Like, we we didn't know what we were actually like. We didn't have the same sense of self-awareness. We lived in that cave of, like, yeah. Whatever your mom's makeup was and her telling you you're pretty how you are and putting some lipstick on your cheeks and on your lips. <laughs> like, like clear mascara. Now with my rosacea. Oh, you have such cute little cheeks. Stop. <laughs> it's the cutest skin disorder to ever happen. Um, I stand with people who have rosacea, but Ashley, it's adorable. I stand with you. <laughs> I stand with you, rosacea. I can be on a date. Anyways, um, Paris is now an advert advocate for closing um, the Provo Canyon School where she and a lot of other survivors experienced abuse um, and they're hoping that it kind of creates this domino effect to eventually close other institutions like it across the United States which of course people in positions of power who are basically have free reign over like these kids and Mm -hmm. like they have them sequestered kind of away from their parents are abusing them like they're a vulnerable population I feel like Unfortunately, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, if you- I have a, on uh, not to interrupt, but for any fans or you never listened to the very popular podcast, My Favorite Murder, they very recently, um, Karen told the story of the Elon School, which is kind of like another, the school is more for kids who, I guess, the more troubled kids. And it's like very much like a very tough boarding school where a lot of abuse went down and it literally it went from the 70s and it just closed in 2011. That's insane. Yeah. So, and like you're saying, like, there are still schools like this open today and they can barely just get away with it. Like, they, like, the shit they do, they just, they do basically, like, shit that's not technically illegal. But it's Which is be. crazy. Mm-hmm. From- wow. Thank you for teaching me about Paris Hilton. Oh, you're welcome. Sorry, that was such a long story. She's the original influencer, and it kind of all started from a girl dreaming about being successful and wanting to actually take control over her, like, own image, and I think that's, and kind of who she is as a person. Like, I think Paris Hilton's I think she's, story. she's more doing that today. Oh, yeah. I with, think like, she, the documentary and everything. Absolutely. I think, or her multiple documentaries, she's had more than yeah. that, but I think her story is both equal parts about being controlled and then wanting to own who you are, like freeing yourself and owning yourself, I think is a big kind of like thread I see through Paris Hilton's story. But I also see this like idea of chasing, which I mean, I'm there's this book on chasing versus stretching and it's something, a very Brene Brown style book, but, um, but it's not by her. Um, but basically it's about like people who just kind of like move out and they, their goal is just to like make money and like become something but that's more of chasing an idea than like stretching who you actually are and I feel that way sometimes with social media people but I think I I feel like sometimes I see it with Paris Hilton like there's this moment in her documentary where she's like sitting in her closet like surrounded by stuff she didn't even know she had and wow. she's like I feel like I can't there's a couple of moments she's like I feel like I just can't stop working like my goal was a hundred million and now it's a billion and then it's gonna be more than that like after I'm done earning all that money and I'm just like what's your goal what are you gonna do with a billion dollars and they asked her they're like what are you gonna do with a billion dollars and she was like spend it like what like you'll never spend that much money in your lifetime and I think I I think that's just it's crazy I would love to see if she 
she definitely she must have a will i just want to know where that money's going to go to who knows probably like, she doesn't have kids yet right family right i mean no she hasn't but she i think she wants to one day maybe um her sister once there's this really great moment in her documentary where her sister is like she's talking to her sister and her sister is definitely real and like has her back and it's it's like it's a definitely a healthy relationship and her sister's like hey like if you're tired you should just take a vacation she's like oh, i can't the schedule's so non-stop and she's like no you're just greedy and you won't turn down a paycheck and i was like "Ooh, Ooh. true love right there <laughs> damn love, love and i think that maybe some of it's like trauma-based that she's still like chasing and stuff but i wonder is that like like the few the need i wonder if there's some deeper truth that a smarter person can pontificate upon of like this feeling of like trauma and having things taken away from you but then the inability to let go and like this compulsion to like be a perfectionist and just crew more things and more things and more things to try to like fill a hole string that together make an idea (laughs) give me some feedback send it to me and then that's hot let me that's hot be hot and so i can sign my name off thank you (laughs) it's my time to talk so my it girl So if you didn't know, Paris Hilton, kind of going off of her, Paris was often seen, besides Nicole Richie um, and Kim Kardashian a little later on, uh, Paris was often seen with other hot it girls at the time, such as Britney Spears and the girl that I'm doing, Lindsay Lohan. So I got my sources from Wikipedia, CNN, Refinery29, and Newsday. So Lindsay, Britney, and Paris were often seen together and also there was a famous thing where I don't know why the paparazzi was I don't know how this allowed but they would often be photographed and they wouldn't be wearing underwear like that was a big thing I think in like 2007 ish 2006 of course they just wouldn't wear one underwear so they would just get a lot of coochie shots so instead of the Gucci gang I'm calling them the coochie gang (laughs) I thought about that all that's you getting canceled uh i'm not i'm just like that it's just it was a thing i don't know why but Gucci gang, so Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Lindsay lohan was born on july 2nd 1986 in new york to dina and michael lohan she grew up in long island with her three younger siblings who later became actors or models themselves she attended public school until she started home being homeschooled at age 11 her parents had a very turbulent relationship with separating and reuniting until their divorce was finalized in 2007. Lohan has speaked out in uh, different interviews about her childhood, like mentioning how Michael served jail time for a stock fraud case when she was four. Um, And also there was a famous call where she called her dad about Dina being high on cocaine. And I guess Michael like sold that call to different tabloid people and that was a big thing so her parents are kind of (laughs) shitty just to put that out there god her career began at three years old with modeling for ford's models an international modeling agency based in new york she appeared in many ads like paper ads and television commercials for different brands for companies like pizza hut calvin klein kids and a jello commercial with bill cosby gross (laughs) disgusting but pizza hut do you think they did that thing where they give you like if you do like a contract for a company they give you a bunch of their products like do you think she just got a lot of pizza if i maybe back in the day but it probably ran out like she probably doesn't get like free pizza because she was in a commercial when she was three okay but imagine how like how happy you would be as like a kid if you like did a like a modeling shoot like whatever you don't care your oh yeah they probably would be like here take some pizza but take all this pizza home i'd be like hell yes ninja turtles i'm living my best life like that would be like my mental state i'd be like i love this i hope this happens every time (laughs) lohan's acting career officially began at 10 years old when she began playing ally in the soap opera another world soap opera magazine according to her wikipedia article she would this is when she was listed as a show business veteran at this point of her life. At age 10 years old, she is considered a show business veteran. Wow. I was still watching SpongeBob after school while struggling with math problems at my, this point in my life. I think I had an eye patch. But not like in the bi pirate way, but like in the I had a lazy eye way. I'd like, my mom picked out these Benjamin Franklin glasses and I had like this eye patch and, um, 
it didn't work fun fact because my amblyopia was nerve-based and not muscularly based so it like the glasses didn't improve my vision so i was just legally blind like all day all the time <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was my age that was <laughs> Her career exploded when she starred in the 1998 remake of Parent Trap, pa- playing both roles of Hallie and Annie and Stole America's Heart. I love that. I always hoped I would find my secret twin at a summer camp, even though my parents are both married. But I really hope that happened. <laughs> she um, went on to film in more Disney roles in Life Size, Get a Clue, and Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday soundtrack? Can we just? It's so good. That's it's a great. so good. <sighs> I love, oh, I don't want to go up, up, I want to get out, hey, hey Disney, me. yeah, she broke from the Disney mold when she starred in the cultural phenomenon Mean Girls, which is probably her magnum opus, in my opinion, <laughs> um, Lohan was 18 when the film was made, which is also the time where she said her troubles began, didn't know this before I did research on her. She actually lived in an apartment with Raven Simone when she first moved to LA around this time. But according to Raven, she was there very little, only being there like three times. What? Like, yeah. If I was living with Raven Simone, I'd be there every second of the day. Just be like, hi. Julia, this you? reminds me when we lived together in college. What? I was <laughs> not like that. What do you mean? I wasn't all over you. You weren't Raven Simone. I was Raven. You were Lohan. I was Raven. Oh, I was never home. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, oh my god, I, but if I was, if you were raven Simone, the situation would have been different. I'm so sorry to break it to you. If you were raven Simone, I'd be there every day, all day, full-time job. Like, I was your bodyguard. Yeah, but continue. Lohan, uh, okay, back to Lindsay. Lohan then spent time going from hotel to hotel before moving into a more permanent place in late 2007, citing she didn't want to be alone, but that it wasn't a way of life, not very consistent. Unfortunately, Lohan's life now became plagued with car accidents, drugs, and constant harassment from paparazzi. This also began the frenemy relationship with Paris Hilton, including the famous picture of Lohan, Hilton, and Britney Spears in the car going to a club. I want to pull that up. But yeah, during this time, basically, it's very interesting. Like, the picture that I'm talking about, basically, like, Paris was going to party with Britney, and then Lindsay was like found out and she was like, oh, I want to go party with them. And Paris was like, no, I want to party with Brittany. And they all got into this car and like got an awkward picture together from the paparazzi and then kind of like started their feud. You can just tell like how blasted they look. Oh like look God. at Brittany's dead eyes. But we've all been there. We've <laughs> all been each different girl in that car. Like we've all had a moment where like our raccoon eyeliner is smudged. Or we're just, like, disassociating like, at the wheel, like, Paris Hilton. They're all there. disassociating. Like, oh, my. <laughs> um, um, I found a whole article on CNN called Lindsay Lohan's Troubled Timeline that lists the details in all of her life from 2007 to 2012 when she was in the limelight about her legal troubles. It's pretty, it's, it's sad, like, because she just had, like, just a rough, like, she was in rehab, like, six times and she would get into drunk driving accidents and on july 24 2007 just two weeks after checking out of rehab she is arrested again a woman in santa monica called santa monica police saying lohan was trying to run down run her down with a car lohan is charged with drunken driving co- cocaine possession and driving with a suspended license so oh she just kind of like this was i would say for all these eight girls this is kind of like their rough patch in their lives. The late 2007 was a hard time for Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. And um, if we ever talk about Britney Spears, that's kind of when she, when Britney like shaved her head and had her breakdown. I think there was just something about the way we treated like female young women in that like kind of like quote unquote like showbiz industry at the time and the way we still treat them today. Like we chew them up and just spit them out. Like we just demand Mm -hmm. all of this like, I guess, well, not well. Now we think we just demand like demand like total like content from people all the time. That's both genuine yet never problematic in any way, and you have to be a perfect person. Whereas like, well, for some people, other people somehow just get cards to be you know assholes all the time, and we don't know. But mm-hmm. anyways, like I feel like it was just like these girls would get like sucked up into this vortex of like parties and drugs and also being exploited by the paparazzi and you know abusive exes and you know revenge porn being like such a norm at the time 
Yeah. 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 And people were just, believe it or not, more misogynistic somehow, I think. Maybe yeah. even if it's like a slight amount, but like somehow more misogynistic at the time. During this time, her acting career pretty much comes to a halt, um, despite having some guest roles in Ugly Betty, documentaries, and very few film roles. This is also the time where she dated DJ Samantha Johnson from 2008 to 2009, which was huge in the pop cultural news. Have, do you remember anything? I remember that was huge in like E and so like, she's dating a girl. A woman. Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, I remember like that being really big. Because oh. the 2000s was very, well, any, all time can be described as pretty homophobic, but I feel like the 2000s especially was just a really homophobic time. I don't know. The great Greco-Roman Empire was pretty big on bisexuality. That was truly a bi-kingdom. I remember all the really nasty things that would be written about, like, Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and, like, South Park and shows, and people would make fun of, like, their sex Mm -hmm. tapes and, like, drug addictions and stuff. You know, edgy humor, guys. Lohan has gone on to say in 2013 that she identifies as straight. Her other notable relationships were with that 70s show Wilmer Valderrama and London-based millionaire Igor Tarabov from 2016 to 2017, and she alleges that he abused her and stole 24,000 euros from her. So, who's I have to Fez. Oh, good for her. Fez was cute. With everything with Tarabov, I have to say it's alleged just for legal purposes, but that she that's what she said. But we should still believe survivors. Anywho, Lohan's attempted comeback to Hollywood was Lifetime Liz and Dick with Lohan starring as Elizabeth Taylor in 2012. Production was full of problems with Lohan getting into another car accident and an an investigation by SAG, which is the Screen Actors Guild, and another, like, theater labor union. It's the IATSE labor unions after Lohan and two crew members received medical treatment for dehydration and exhaustion. Um, After the film was released on November 25th, 2012, bringing in 3.5 million viewers, it was panned by critics and audiences alike. It currently has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes with 19% um, from uh, under the audience reviewers. Um, I just kind of like want to read what people said about this film. It's so terrible. Uh, David Wygan of the San Francisco Chronicle saying, it's so terrible, you will need to ice your face when it's over to ease the pain for wincing for two hours. Oh um, my god. Yeah. Uh, Entertainment Weekly mocked Lindsay Lohan's frozen face and blank stare and called the film a dinky tin- tin-eared production. What does that even um, mean? I don't this know. Sounds like an old-timey it's, one. Uh, Rob Salem, the Toronto Stark, criticized the film script written by Christopher Moniger as being written in crayon. <laughs> so yeah, uh, oh, one of the, another reviewer said, well, to praise the guy who played Dick, and then he went to say, and Lindsay Lohan, well, at least keep your exp- expectations realistic, okay? But uh, luckily, uh, Lohan since this time has seemed to have gotten her life kind of back up in 2013, Oprah Winfrey interviewed Lindsay Lohan after a sixth time in rehab and fans noticed that she seemed healthier. So that leads me to what is Lindsay Lohan up to today? Lohan currently lives in Dubai. Uh, she had a re- reality show on MTV in 2019 called Lindsay Lohan Beach Club, where she documented one of her resorts on the Greek island, um, Mykonos. My- I'm very sorry, Mykonos, I believe it's how the show lasted one season and the club was closed in June 2019. She released the single Back to Me in April on April 3rd this year with positive reviews. Uh, she was a judge on the Australian version of The Masked Singer um, for a season, but she could not re- return due to COVID. And she has a movie called Cursed in the Works. She said in an interview that she was going to return to Hollywood this year, as stated in January, but obviously that could not have happened. However, two weeks ago, according to USA Today, Lohan was sued by HarperCollins for collecting $365,000 in advance, but never writing a memoir, like she said to them. Lohan is currently active on Cameo, Instagram, and Twitter at Lindsay Lohan. And um some pictures she posted, she seems like she was in Africa. I don't know, but they're very pretty photos, and she just seems a lot happier today. She does. And she, she mentioned, like, just living in the Middle East, like, paparazzi isn't as crazy. 
and she can like stay out of the limelight pretty much and besides this um being sued by this book company um she hasn't had any like legal trouble i don't think since 2012 so yeah she just I don't know. It was just like you were saying that time, like people were just demonizing her for like partying and doing drugs and everything. And she was young. Like she was our age basically and younger. Like think about the shit we did in college. Like we didn't get in car accidents and do drunk driving, but still. I think also because they're all girls and, you know, young women at the time, you know, the the standard is so different. Like, if it was a young guy doing it, it's like, oh, he's just a boy. He's just doing whatever he's got to do, man. But, like, when it's a girl, it's like, oh, you know, she's such, you know, all the, like, honestly, misogynistic slurs that are used only against women come out. Like, you know, they're a slut. They're such a bitch. They're, you know, a princess. They start getting degraded and specifically using, you know, terminology only used to degrade women and they're just exploited like I think women are really unfortunately vulnerable in the industry and they still are I mean I I know there's a lot around Britney right now and honestly I don't know enough about free Britney to talk about it but like with everything that happened to Kesha even recently like you're seeing some Mm -hmm. stuff where like people just enter this industry and you know you get access to a bunch of stuff you didn't have before and the pressure of performing gets to you and you also have these weird leechy you know parasites um but like like, you have these like these creepy men in the industry who just want to leech onto you and suck you dry for everything you have and like of course you know of course things like sexual abuse and like social abuse are happening and you know society and people aren't always fair but hopefully people can become more understanding and like become more i guess like ethical consumers as time goes on if that's even possible but i wonder did Paris Hilton's invention of stars and people being able to curate and control their own image more through the power of social media, selfies, stuff like that, help this issue or did it make it worse? Because that's a good question. Yeah, because like I think what drove some of those, you know, those girls crazy in the 2000s was everything everyone else was saying about her and the noise and not having that same platform to really fight back. Now we have that platform. Is it really I think it was good for. I think it was good for them. It wasn't good for the civilians. I see what you're saying. The normal, quotations, quote unquote, normal people. Because that then, because you have people who get famous from these apps, the influencer. Like, Paris was already a rich girl who was already modeling and doing a little bit of acting here and there. She was already famous. But then you get these people like David Dobrik or... I, I don't know why I can only think of David Dober. Just like people like that. He seems to be handling it pretty well, though. He's down to earth. Yeah, but, and yeah, you also, but then you get the crazy people like Trisha Paytas, um, <laughs> who are just kind of, I don't know, problematic. And I don't know. It's a very, the things I like about social media is I get to connect with other people that share interests with me. Luckily, I do have a lot of friends that do, but. For some people who live in like smaller towns, they're like, I don't know any other people who like to cosplay, or I don't know any other people who would like to do D&D with me, or just talk about the latest episode of The Bachelor, so they can go on Twitter, or even like Instagram, Tumblr, like things like that, and they can go and meet other people to talk about it. It's changed the structure of whole communities, even for like the queer community. Um, mm-hmm. Rachel Maddow and a typical like you know how like old people are they're like oh I had to basically Rachel Maddow had I mean and I love Rachel no shade but like she had her moment where she was like in gay bars you used to have to like walk hill up you know up the snow back hill backwards with (laughs) no shoes to the gay bars just to meet a dyke and now it's like you can flip on your phone and just find the nearest one 10 miles away, but then inevitably fall for the nearest one 2,000 miles away. Um, and like a lot of my friends' relationship, it was through a dating app. Especially and especially with COVID now. Hell no, I'm not going out to these bars and talking to people. You crazy? If we didn't have social media right now, I would be writing you letters. 
Yeah. We wouldn't have a podcast, which would be better for the universe. But, like, imagine us just, like, my dearest Ashley, it has... We just, it would just be a lot of phone calls. Last, true. I hope you have not perished and succumbed to the plague. Or, um, messaging, um, Meet me in Nintendo chat so I know it's real. Oh my god, Nintendo chat, yes, I love, I remember being on the sixth grade bus on our class trip to Chicago and everyone had Pitto chat on their Nintendo DS's. Yes. And we'd all just be like texting and drawing pictures to each other and like playing the game. Oh my god, that just unlocked a memory. Picto chat me so I know it's real. That's what we would be doing. Or ooh, we would be emailing each other. You know the movie We'd You Got emailing. Mail with Tom Hay? Yeah. It's, It'd it's just be us. Kids. It would be us. For the kids <laughs> out there, it's a movie where people fall in love over email because they didn't have text at the time. They did have phone calls, but they didn't have text. I guess if that movie was made today, it'd be like You Got a DM. It would just be, um, what's the song message. an iPhone makes me? It would be like, bing, ding, And then ding. you just open it up and it's some old man on Instagram being like, hello, beautiful. <laughs> I am looking for oh, a baby. I hate, I'm like, I'm like, listen, like, I'm, I'm not looking for any, like, I hate when I get those messages. I'm just like, leave me alone. <laughs> That's why I had to change my, my profile picture to Psyduck. For like a week or two, just for to leave, let them leave me alone. <laughs> Tragedy. Psyduck protected me. Oh my gosh, bless Psyduck. Yeah, but or ooh, it would be a Tinder message that goes past. Hey, you're really cute. Yeah, you too. And then they message back a third time, and it'd be like boom. People freaking out. Thank you so much for losing a few brain cells with us tonight. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Every month, um, please. As much as I did, subscribe. Dislike. Yeah, follow I mean, us and also follow our socials at Ready Reread Pod um, on Twitter and Facebook, and at Ready Rewind Podcast on Instagram. Also, email us any questions or any topics you want us to talk about. Um, Ready Rewind Podcast at Gmail dot com and and my Venmo is <laughs> no. <laughs> and all right, until next time, let's get ready. Rewind. Bye, Bye, everyone. Guys.